I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. On Wednesday, Julie, Chloe, and I attended the funeral of a 43-year-old dad in our neighborhood. Uh, His name was Shane, and he died by suicide. And I wrestled with whether to share the cause of death with you all, but decided to uh, take my cues from the family because they were pretty open at the funeral about it, I think in hopes that it would help everybody to know that no one is strong enough to overcome a mental health crisis on their own. Um, Shane was a good man. He was hospitable. He was kind. Uh, he had a great laugh. Uh, his daughter, Lily, Bu- Lily Blue, is Chloe's age. Uh, we were in the YMCA Adventure Guides together for several years, which meant we went on campouts twice a year. Julie and Shane's wife, Ashley, coached our girls' basketball team together for several seasons. And seared in my memory is an image from the funeral of Shane's brother carrying Lily Blue's younger brother, Denver, in his arms down the aisle to sit with the family. Denver's face was buried in his uncle's chest as if to shield himself from the world. Shane's passing has led me to reflect again on the loss of this year. Both Julie and I have lost our aunts, Pam and Dellen, this year, our family also lost our dog Lucy this year. It's been a year of loss and grief, not just for me, but for all of us. Uh, George Floyd was killed this year and all of the layers of grief that are associated with that. COVID represents layers of loss that we're still sorting through. Every year in Advent, There's a week in the lectionary about John the Baptist, that wild-haired prophet in the wilderness who prophesies about the coming Messiah. And that is the week we're in today in Advent. Uh, In Luke's gospel, John calls Israel a brood of vipers and urges them to repent of their injustice and do what's right in order to prepare their hearts for the Messiah's arrival. And as I sat with this text in John, the last two weeks amidst amidst Shane's loss, I've been wondering, what does John have to say to us? Because sure, the world is a dumpster fire and there's so much corruption and, and sin runs deep in all of us. There's plenty of material for repentance, but we don't need John to come to us as a prophet right now. We need John to come to us as a pastor. In John's gospel, our text for today, John's call for repentance is muted. He is simply a witness to the light. And when the religious leadership in Jerusalem sends a delegation to John to inquire about what he's doing, he simply said, I'm the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way 
for the Lord. John is echoing the prophet Isaiah, who first said this to Israel in Isaiah 40, after they'd been abducted and subjugated by Babylon for 70 years for their injustice against the poor and loyalty to false gods instead of Yahweh. And God sends Isaiah to them as a voice in the wilderness to let them know that their time of exile is drawing to a close. God is on the way, so get ready. These words of Isaiah also echo echo another time God sent a voice in the wilderness to Israel, the voice of Moses. Moses came to Israel in Egypt after it had suffered for more than 400 years in slavery to Pharaoh, not as punishment for its own sins, but because of the sins of others. Moses, like Isaiah, came to Israel to say, God is on the way, so get ready. What most caught my attention was the conversation that God has with Isaiah before sending him to share the good news with Israel in Isaiah 40. This is what God says. Comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her turn. Comfort. God sends Isaiah to Israel as a pastor to comfort them, to console them, to encourage them. And his words of comfort are, make straight the way of the Lord. God is on the way. And if that's true for Isaiah, it also must be true for John. John comes to us today in the midst of our grief and loss as a pastor to comfort us, to console us, to encourage us. Make straight the way for the Lord. God is on the way. And in this current moment in God's story, in between the first arrival of Jesus and the second, we sit in the paradox that God is on the way. And at the same time, God is right here with us. I took a course in seminary with Dr. John Mark Hicks called Providence and Suffering. Providence refers to how God is at work in the world. And the class then was about how God's at work in the world in the midst of suffering. And no one was more qualified to teach such a course than Dr. Hicks, not because he was a well-trained theologian, which he was, but because he had suffered immense loss. He lost his first wife, Sheila, unexpectedly after complications from a back surgery. And he lost his 16-year-old son, Joshua Mark, after a long-time struggle with a genetic condition. Part of the course that I took was like a mini chaplaincy training, how to be a pastor to those in grief, uh, what to say and do, and especially what not to say and what not to do to those in grief. Do say you're sorry for their loss. Do sit with them in the silence of their grief. Do cry with them. Do hug them. Don't try to offer an explanation of why their loss occurred. Don't attribute anything to God's plan. Don't say that God needed another angel in heaven. Don't try to correct the theological imagination that they use to make sense 
of their loss. And I realize I'm dangerously close to violating Dr. Hicks' counsel by reflecting theologically in the midst of our grief, by by trying to comfort and console, by saying that God is on the way. Uh, when I should just say, I'm so sorry. I mean, this is awful. But uh, I'm in grief too, so don't correct the theological imagination I use to make sense of my loss. <laughs> uh, what comforts me most is the thought that God might just be like Denver's uncle, coming to sweep us up into his arms and carry us so that we can bury our heads in his chest and be shielded from the world for a while. What comfort from God are you receiving these days? Leave a note in the chat if you have a a word of comfort to share right now uh, out of your own life or for the rest of us. Me. Hey, me. Share with us. Um, the the peace uh, in my home um, that is a gift and a comfort. That this is a place of uh, refuge and quiet and joy. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. John, what about you? Yeah, while you were talking, I remembered uh, what they said the seminary often, the thing about already and not yet, which is that weird paradox. Mm-hmm. I mean, already I have peace <clears throat> and I have hope and, and I have uh, uh, intimate uh, personal contact with God already. But I don't have complete hope and complete peace and, and, and complete intimate contact with God. You know, I mean, I'm not much a restaurant kind of going kind of person, but it hurts my heart that restaurants are closed, both for the sake of people that go there, for gosh sakes, and for the owners. It just hurts my heart all day, all night to think about that. And uh but I have peace. And I have contact with God, and I believe that 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 the solution's on the way. God's going to work it out, redeem it some kind of way, some kind of way. I'm not in charge. God's in charge, and I got to rest in that one day at a time. Mm. Thank you, John. Daryl, boy, it's I don't want to fall victim, or I don't want to fall perpetrator to the same thing of trying to explain things either. Um, <clears throat> But a couple of things for me, people that are important in my life, uh, I know they're there and I know they love me, uh, regardless of my, um, inappropriate, uh, response, um, to whatever crisis I'm experiencing, you know, whether it's out of anger, whether it's out of 
uh, fear no matter what, I know that there are people who will walk with me in that. Mm-hmm. But to, to steal a, an image from a guy named Larry Crabb, who talked about when he was just a little kid, he had uh, learned how to, you know, he was, a, he was a big boy at three. So he got into the upstairs bathroom, locked the door, and took care of business, and then went to try to leave the room and discovered that his little three-year-old hands could not manipulate the lock to unlock it. And so he said, I did the most adult thing I could think of. I threw myself on the floor and started screaming and hollering. Um, His mother was at the door trying to console him. His father, in the meantime, had gotten a ladder and crawled up the ladder, was able to open up the bathroom window, crawl in, and he unlocked the door. He says, then I just did the most logical thing. I said, thanks, Dad, and I ran out. Um, But he said, it's like God has crawled in to the window of our crisis. We're crying, we're throwing ourselves on the floor, we're in pain, but he doesn't unlock the door. He sits down in the middle of the floor, and he calls us to come and sit in his lap. And he doesn't take the pain away from us. He doesn't remove us from the situation, but he sits with us in the situation. And for me, that's been the best imagery I've ever had for my own personal experience of pain and grief. Mm. Thank you, Daryl. Thanks for that image. Julie Kaiser. Um, I'll just try to say this. Uh, look. <clears throat> We've had some parenting fails this week on just small levels where I've been like, what are we doing, Charles? What are we doing? And um, Chloe and I took some cards and cookies over to her friend Lily. And I said, you know, you don't, you don't have to see Lily if you're not, you know, if you don't know what to do. We can just leave it on her porch. And Chloe said, no, I want to see her. And when Lily opened the door, she just collapsed crying onto Chloe. And I can only say this because I'm a few days removed from it. Um And Chloe just held her and just said, it's okay. You can cry. And there was just something in that moment that gave me so much comfort of like, oh, like God is doing a work in our kids. Like they may tell us to shut up or up your butt or whatever this sweet phrase of the day is. But um, just the seeds of comfort and pastoral work that he's doing in them. Um really gave me a great comfort that um, God God is here to communicate love and safety and compassion through even our children to the world um, when everything just seems so broken and lost. Um, just has really sat with me as a sense of comfort. Mm. That's wonderful. Thank you, Julie. Terry has one. Yes, Terry. Sorry, I had to get in another chair that was more comfortable. First of all, Julie, those that, those of you that have kids hang in there because (laughs) in spite of those times that they say those things to you or you wonder if like, you know, are they going to be okay or whatever? Um, I've got two things to share this first thing. I just want to encourage you parents because this week Alyssa called me. I might cry and she said, I cannot wait to come home. She said, I miss you and dad so much. And she said, I cannot wait to spend time with you. And so with that um, being said, I just want to encourage you parents, 
um, when the times that they say those things and you wonder where it came from and, you know, are, have you done the right thing or are you doing the right thing? I promise you it comes back around as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my first thing. I just want to encourage you parents. Um, the second one is, is um, this week I got some of the most comfort when um, I got called in for another doctor's appointment. Um, I was on a waiting list. And um, the doctor walked out of the room with me and walked me down the hall and looked at me and said, you are going to be okay. And you are going to live without pain. Mm -hmm. And in two years, that's the first, I think, thing that um, I've heard where I really felt encouraged. Um, The last time I did because I didn't hurt for a while, but to have a doctor really is zero in because I have felt I have not been heard and I haven't been listened to for two years. And to have a doctor just look at me and say, you're going to be okay and you're not going to be in pain. Mm-hmm. And that was so comforting to me. So. Wonderful. Thank you, Carrie. Anybody else? Any other stories or words of comfort in this season for us? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.